0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Uh, in today's episode we talk to Eli who's a digital marketer and a trader. From He started mowing lawns when he was 12 and now he's built a social media agency and a trading business. Uh, here, in today's episode we talk about both of those aspects and more. It's a deep conversation about a lot of topics so be sure to tune in and you know enjoy it in its entirety. Without further ado it's time to listen and share a whole lot to discuss. So if you want to just start off with, you know, talking a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in a small town in, uh, in Kinnersley, Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I played a lot of hockey growing up. I ran in track. Uh, I got into football when I was in high school. Um, following uh, graduation, I moved out to Victoria. Um, I went to the University of Victoria out there. Played with the junior football team the west shore rebels um so i lived there from 2012 to 2018 mm-hmm. um from there i moved here to to burnaby so i've been living here for a couple years now um in regards to my professional experience i've i've been trading uh u.s equities and cryptocurrency for the past five years mm-hmm. um i've uh I've been involved with uh, digital marketing, digital advertising for the past, I would say, four years or so. I've been studying it, and just over the past nine months or so, we've uh, we've started um, an agency, okay. and we just actually officially launched in in March of this year. So,
0: okay, yeah. So how yeah. is you know the clientele like? Is it uh, the clientele and your team? How big is uh, how big are both of them?
1: Yeah, so it's uh it's me and three others. Um, okay. just actually today, um, we're onboarding a few uh, sales reps. Okay. So our teams our team is steadily growing. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty small team. We're a we're a remote team. Um, in regards to, uh, um, like who we like who we focus on as a business, we, yes. we focus yes. on, like, uh, we focus on like info products and and, and e-commerce uh, stores. Okay. That's kind of our target audience. Um but regards to clientele right now, it's, it's been a pretty difficult environment. Um, and I'm sure it is for everybody, right? The economy has been hit pretty hard. Cool. Um, so we've kind of, we've kind of opened the doors up to everybody. That's uh, cool. so we're actually, we're working with, uh, a, a trading, um, I guess you could say it's like a trading analysis and research firm mm-hmm. right now out of, out of Saskatchewan. And, uh, we got a couple other clients in the pipeline here that we're, we're working deals with. And, uh, I'm confident we'll get some a lot more business over the next few months, especially with regards to launching the the, the, new, the new sales team. So
0: okay.
1: um, it's definitely an exciting time for us, and uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. It's a we're, we're a startup, right? So there's a, there's a lot of room for growth and uh, scalability.
0: Okay that, that's always wonderful to be keeping an eye on the future despite the uh, uncertain times so that's a, that's a great approach with the initial stages you mentioned about you know how you were studying but you also did you know work as a technician you had a lot of different jobs how would you say that has helped on this journey of your of being an entrepreneur starting your own business how would you say that is accounted
1: a lot of businesses i worked for didn't have systems at all right okay. so i've learned about a lot of things of like what not to do Mm-hmm. And and also, it's given me experience in regards to just uh, working as a team and working with people. Okay. Um, so it's helped a lot with that. Okay. A lot of the a lot of my work experience, it was more so just to pay the bills. Like I never really, a lot of the jobs I had, they weren't. I knew they weren't were. I weren't like I knew they weren't something I wanted to stick with for a long time. Understood. Um, it was just a, it was just to kind of get by. Sure. Um, I mean, I think end. with like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I I think with most entrepreneurs and people who get started in the business world or trading, for example, you kind of always know that you're going to go in that route. Like you kind of always have that, like that voice in your head or that, that, that whisper that kind of is kind of pushing you to do something more or, um, just to, just to change your, change your situation and, um, just, just go for something a little bit bigger. Right. As opposed to, as opposed to the employee mindset, I, I, I would say. Um, okay. so yeah, I've kind of always, I've always had that a little bit.
0: Okay. So on that note, since you did mention that, you know, you had this always at the back of your mind, what prompted, you know, full-time switching from that to, you know, opening a business? Cause I think for the longest time it was an idea. What prompted like putting it to paper?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'll roll it back to when I was about 10 years old. Um, I, I used to have a, uh, I used to have a lawn cutting business and oh, I probably, okay. I gained about when I was 10, I had like 20 clients or so by the end of the summer. Really? So I was like okay. making a
0: pretty good, uh, yeah.
1: I was making a pretty good income for, uh, for, uh, for a 10 year old going into whatever the fourth, fifth grade or whatever it would be. Okay. Um, and that kind of, I think that kind of ignited the, uh, the entrepreneur fire in me and it, sure. it kind of always stuck it stuck with me since then I would say okay um so yeah um so so in that, that, to... that's
0: what lit the fire I'm like even even now when you open the business that was nine months back so you know after sort of all these journeys that you had to you know again for someone to still open a business it, it takes a lot of uh, you know that okay. I'm gonna just do this. Focus on this full time. So I was asking with respect to that. You know, like what uh, was there? Like, did you have clients lined up, or you know, was it like you decided it was high time? You know, I'm just trying to understand that part.
1: Yeah. So I would say like a lot of it. I I I like I read this book called. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with with Michael E. e. Gerber. He he wrote the book the the E Myth Re- Revisited.
0: Oh,
1: okay. No, I haven't read that. Yeah, yeah. And he talks a lot about uh, like building systems and getting all the processes set up before you launch. Okay. And also, just okay. uh, just speaking to some of some of my family members, they've who've been with been in businesses as well. They've also um, mentioned how difficult it is to set up that stuff once you're already rolling, right? And kind of just once you have clients coming in, you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Right. So basically, over the previous previous nine months or so I've I put I've been spending time developing that out and then okay. obviously when COVID hit, I've had a lot more time on my hands to to really develop those systems and huh. um to develop our processes and uh figure out figure out our tech stack and how everything's gonna integrate with, with one another. So okay. um yeah, so I, I was basically just building all the systems out, I would say and uh Understood. Yeah. And and figuring out like the biggest thing I would say is figuring out um, our sales strategy and how we're going to acquire clients. Right. Okay. Um, So that's been the especially right now, that's been like my key focus.
0: Hmm. Wonderful. Okay, And you said this was like a four year old journey, if you will, in the making where you started with digital marketing. What prompted that field as compared to, you know, the trading or the other fields that you've been in?
1: Yeah. Um I would say I'd say I've always been interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um with trading, I took a lot of different trading courses. I, I think I sent you them yeah, last yeah, week or so. All, all those I, courses. I did yeah. check
0: a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. I still have them open in my yeah, tabs here, yeah, All
1: yeah. oh, right on. Yeah, I'll have to hear hear what you think about them. Sure, um, sure. but yeah. Yeah, I've read a lot of I've I've took a lot of courses and uh it kind of always got me thinking about The marketing side of it because all these like the marketing worked on me so it kind of got me thinking like oh wow like these guys must be yeah sure they're trading and everything and making money from the markets but how much money are they making in regards to marketing their courses and marketing these consulting services or uh the the 60-day boot camps that that a lot of people offer um so it kind of since the beginning of my trading journey i would say i've always been interested in digital marketing and advertising and I've taken a bunch of courses on that as well online, and okay. read a bunch of books as well. So, um, I've always been involved in the industry in some way, whether oh. it's uh, learning about it or just just studying the the copywriting on advertisements that pop up in my in my news feed on on Facebook, for example. Right. Um, Understood.
0: So yeah. Okay. So that's, that's how it started. Like you saw a potential opportunity and you were like, you know, these are the topics I'm interested in. Let's just, you know, delve into this and see where it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, it's given me a lot of experience in regards to just working with different types of businesses within different industries.
0: Mm-hmm. So I,
1: I've learned about a lot of their, a lot of their um, processes and how they set up their systems and,
0: and a lot of a lot. You got that idea of an opportunity that might exist because of these different trading groups. So what I wanted to understand is now in regards to marketing for new clients and existing clients, is it exclusive to trading groups? Is it widespread or do you all do digital marketing for certain niches?
1: Yeah. So we're trying to niche down on, um, on coaching businesses, um, okay. and like info product coaching businesses and also, um, the e-commerce, e commerce side of businesses um however we we've kind of opened the doors up to everybody just given the environment of of uh covid um mm-hmm. but that's kind of who we're trying to focus on I think that's where uh my experiences and my skill sets are and also that the 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 team we have right now that's that's where they um have been most experienced in
0: um okay so yeah okay wonderful. So, in in terms of how much uh, time do you, would you say you divide between maintaining the existing clients, you know, servicing them of sorts, and acquiring new clients? How do you divide that? Yeah, um, well, not necessarily so, now, but you know, even otherwise. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, well, for me, like I spend most of my that's that's mostly what I do, right? The the sales, like the the client acquisition and the the client relationship management so i kind of divided it up fairly evenly in regards to both okay. of those but i would say a little bit more on the uh on the uh client relationship um mm-hmm. just to, like the 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 client experience and the, the the customer satisfaction is really important to us so we like to make sure we're doing a good job for everybody and then uh the rest of my time is basically sales cold calling uh, we do a lot of LinkedIn outreach. Um, we do our own marketing and uh, we have different strategies around that, that we, that we focus on um, just okay. in regards to uh, like social, um, social outreach. Um, we also got a few other content campaigns that we run uh, for, okay. like for email marketing and, and, that, and that side of things. Uh, we do we do a little bit of our own um, Facebook advertising, okay. um, but uh, I would say more of it's focused on um just the cold outreach in regards to email, cold call, and like uh, LinkedIn.
0: Understood. Yeah, no, that, that's another thing because in, in sales, I generally understand that while new clients are important, it's also these uh, these two terms I remember the customer retention value and the customer lifetime value. You want to make sure the existing clients also stay on and keep coming back. So, uh, you know, definitely that's the, you know, as you mentioned, sort of servicing them, keeping that in mind while acquiring new clients. It's a great approach. Sweet. Absolutely. So, yeah ever since you've started uh, the business full time is uh, there ever been a time when um, you've thought as an employee or is it always as an employer because just let me elaborate on that is whenever you're an employee you generally tend to you know have you're answerable to someone you know you have someone to fall back on just in case things go wrong but when you are the primary uh, you know employer and the entrepreneur That usually comes on you. So does that mindset ever sort of, you know, rejig? Does it go back to that anytime?
1: Yeah. So actually that, that book I mentioned, the E-Myth Revisited, he talks about three um, kind of different mindsets. Uh, One is the technician. uh, The other is the manager. And then the third Mm -hmm. is the entrepreneur. So he talks about like, it's kind of what I'm trying to embody a little bit, but Mm -hmm. technician's more like the employee, right? He's working... He's working in the business. Um, he's right. doing day-to-day tasks, uh, the project management a little bit. I guess. I guess the project management more is more so the manager side, but he's more so doing the the tasks within the within those projects, right?
0: Sure. And then, Assigned to him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the manager is more, um, like I mentioned, uh, managing the projects, uh, um, doing like uh, I would say managing the the sales team or. Uh, managing the employees that's that kind of thing and then the entrepreneur is like it's kind of like the visionary like the the innovator the guy who is going out and optimizing the systems they have in place and um making just making what they have as as far as processes better or innovating new ways to uh market their products or market the products of their clients uh so you kind of like i would say you kind of got to wear all three hats right it uh it's definitely more so pushed towards the entrepreneur side. Like you want to be more focused on that. You, you want to be working on your business more so than, than in your business. Right. There's a lot of that other stuff you can, you can delegate. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So it's important to have, it's important to have in in my opinion, it's it's important to have the the perspective of all three. Um, okay. But obviously focus more on the entrepreneur and,
0: and manager side for sure. But that book definitely helped you sort of maybe compartmentalize that or understand these different mindsets. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Wonderful. absolutely. What, what, yeah. Was, what was the name of the book again? If she could repeat that.
1: I got, I got it actually right here. It's, uh,
0: it's oh, the, the E-Myth Revisited. E-Myth Revisited. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Definitely. We'll check that out. Okay. So what is the work-life balance now as an entrepreneur? Cause that's usually skewed more towards work. Uh As compared to how it was before as an employee, oh it's
1: huge it's a huge difference I would say it's it's really strange it's it's when you like when you start a business it uh like I've been putting in probably sixteen hour days almost every day, but it, it doesn't feel like it it's weird like right. it, it doesn't feel like if I was to put on a sixteen hour day at my previous jobs, I would last a week, and that would be it like I'd be I'd be burned out completely. Right, but it's yeah. it's different. <clears throat> it's different when you're doing your own thing. It's uh, it kind of just consumes you, and you just uh, there's so many things to do all the time, right? Um, it just mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of endless. So right now it's it's uh, um, I'm, I'm spinning a lot of plates, right? I'm doing a lot of different things in regards to all, all the things we've kind of talked about, um, especially in regards to the sales. Um, but before it was different. Like I would, I had a completely different routine. I was more of the nine to five, more more of nine to five guy. But I would say I spent a lot of time also in the, in the evenings and mornings focusing on um, learning about what I wanted to do in, in in my life in the future. So I actually like I would take a lot of courses and stuff, and it was more um, it, was, it was more learning about things I wanted to focus on down the road to help me um help me make better decisions in my business. And, uh, and for example, and with trading, like I took a lot of courses on trading. I read, I read tons of books on trading. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of like more, a lot more self-development, personal development, I would say, but also, um, also it's, like I said, it's just different. Like when you're an employee, it, uh, it's difficult. It's, it's
0: just, it's just, it's more difficult to, to work those longer hours. Um, Right. Yeah. So yep. you don't you don't feel the long hours right now because you're you're more involved with what you're doing as compared to segregating it. But I'm assuming there's still that same level of learning and you know experimenting and everything that you did before. But it's just now it's full time, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's all kind of mixed into one thing now—the learning and the experimentation. It's mixed into my my day-to-day activities, right? Uh, exactly. Okay. Um. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just uh, it. It doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel like work because you there is right. something to do all the time, and you want it to be better, right? It's it's kind of like you're the face of the business, right? It's you, you're the guy behind it, but so you want it to you want it to look good to everybody, so you want it to be you want it to be the best they can, right? So um, right. there's there's a lot more. Uh, there's, it's I feel like there's more at stake, right? So
0: honestly. Okay. Thanks for elaborating on that, Eli. Uh, since you're a trader also, you know, I just uh, uh, had this because th- that's the mindset we have when we approach uh, a sort of new company. But for example, with with digital marketing, like, you know, uh, and stay with me, I just want to elaborate a bit. So in regards to digital marketing, now the barrier for entry usually is, isn't as high. There aren't as many restrictions around it. The capital investment required is lower. So the economic mode, as you will, you know, because there is so much competition uh, gets, it, it, isn't, it doesn't exist as an economic mode. So in in a scenario like this, in a field that's this competitive, how how do you all stand out?
1: For digital marketing, you mean,
0: right? For digital marketing, yeah. yeah for yeah. your competition, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say like it's important to niche down because when you niche down, oh. you, you really limit your competition, right? Um, when you're kind of a when you're a full service agency uh like we're we're kind of trying to be we we do offer most of the services other agencies do, but you you open the doors up to everybody and you just you say you can help everybody. it makes the competition really really difficult um mm-hmm. so but they're yeah like they're th- that's just my opinion right there's uh there's a lot of other people i I've actually met with a few agency owners recently where they did it the complete opposite they were more they were more they started out as a generalist. And then as they were generalists, they worked with different industries and they realized like, oh, I really like working with this specific industry. I'm going to niche down here because I've, I've done great work here. So there's, there's two, two ways about it, right? It, uh, I guess it just, it really depends on the person and what works best for them. And I think for us right now, especially like, I feel like there's a lot of agencies starting, just starting up and there's a lot of uh, agencies who've, who've been in the business for a while. Um, mm-hmm. For us, this is just our strategy, and this is just kind of how we want to approach the marketplace and apart from
0: other people. Okay, so even the the cold calls reaching out to people is mostly like you are targeting one particular industry. If it evolves into something else, sure, but as of now, the interest is in that one particular industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we okay. like we do have a lot of uh, ways that uh, clients can re- come reach us and. Like I said, we oh. don't. are not going to turn away business. Um, Obviously, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, that, that's
0: yeah. how our, our company. I'm sorry, you were saying.
1: No, no, I, I was just going to say that's. Yeah, we're not going to turn away business. Um, but for as far as our outreach goes, it's more focused on those industries that I that I mentioned. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now that, that's how our company had evolved. It, it started off with just doing back-end work for, you know, any uh, companies that come on board. And then we slowly realized that CRM, you know, customer resource management is what they really need help with. And that's sort of what it boiled down to, that we're going to help you with this. Definitely, if you'll need help with anything else, we can, but that's going to be the core interest. So I'm assuming that's, that's a very good approach to have, uh, especially in a competitive field. So thank you again <laughs> for sharing that. All yeah, right. absolutely if you you know wanna elaborate a little bit more of what you all use internally and externally.
1: Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I'll share a few with you. Um, sure. yeah. So a lot of the ones we use uh, for our company, we use Asana for our project management. Okay. Um, for most of our integrations, uh, we use Zapier. Okay. So that integrates different software together, right? It mm-hmm. um, makes, ma- makes things a lot easier. It automates a lot of the processes. Yeah, uh, We use, right. we
0: use Jira for like bug management and then use Trello. So just, yeah, different segments coming together to help out. Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. And then we use Calendly for most of our bookings with uh whether it be with um, new, new hires or uh, clients, kind of everything there. Uh, okay. On our page uh, for um, like uh, client acquisition, when they come to our website, we use a type form. So you okay. got a, we got a Typeform um, embedded there.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, for accounting, we
0: use Xero. I'm sorry, what? Um, what was? It? Xero. Xero. Okay, I not use that. Okay, we use Wave usually, but okay, that's good to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just works better with uh, like our Stripe and some of our other payment processing. So, Honestly, just, just good to know. Okay, it's better for us. Sure. Um, yeah, that's kind of what we use internally. Uh we got it we got a, a different services we use in regards to uh helping clients. Um Okay. But yeah, it's um I'm not gonna share them all. Sure, sure. sure. I'll just <laughs> we, it must be
0: we, we, we use uh,
1: like SEM SEMRush is pretty powerful. I'm sorry SEMrush. Okay,
0: okay. So oh, that's one of the tools we use, but there's quite a few other ones as well. Wonderful. Okay. And this will all be in relates to, in regards to digital marketing, understanding what the client needs of sorts and crafting a response accordingly,
1: right? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, it's one of the tools we use, I would say, for uh,
0: research. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh It seems like you know because you did elaborate on first planning, carving a niche, et cetera, and then moving forward, so it seems like you had a business plan in mind if you wanna you know talk a little bit more about that, like when you started the business, was there a business plan
1: yeah so um it, it was pretty rough, like I didn't actually have a a document set up okay. i had like i've been I had been thinking about this for years, mm-hmm. I would say. So, like when I when I was working for these other other businesses as an employee, I spent a lot of time in the. I, I would say I spent too much time just over analyzing everything in my head, and okay. um, I set up different documents on my computer as well, as far as like how I wanted to set it up and structure it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as like a uh, an actual like uh, legal business plan. Um, we have like something loose, I would say right now, but it's nothing the the reason I never set it up is because, um, it's important. Like, I see the importance of it, but I think a lot of people, they, they, um, they procrastinate when they, when they get a business plan or they procrastinate the process of just setting up the business plan. Cause a lot of people think that that's what you need to do to start a business, I'm sure. which isn't, isn't necessarily true. Like it, it helps it helps guide you. Right. And it helps, uh, especially if you want to get investors on board, you like you were, you need something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but we weren't really in that position and I, and I kind of knew just based on the research I've done and all the different other documents I've set up in in the past. Um, I kind of knew how I wanted to structure it and how I wanted to launch and everything that needed to fall in place to to get to that point.
0: Um, So, so, so the yeah. so the approach, even from the onset, when you jumped into the uh, the business of sorts, you know, after the analysis, wasn't to get investors, wasn't to get a loan, it was to, you know, go ahead and get this started. And then, you know, uh, so I think, I think the main, I think Mark Cuban had said that, uh, if I'm not wrong, but whoever gets a business loan shouldn't be the one starting a business or whatever, something, something on those lines. So, it was just highlighted the importance of a business plan while it's it's good, it should just be essential to you, so yeah, thank you for you know sort of validating that for me yeah yeah okay
1: yeah it's it's not it's it's uh yeah i've I've tried to develop them in the past for previous projects, and I got hung up on, them right. on it, and it almost it made me not want to start it and procrastinate with okay. it and it's not it's not the most important thing. Understood. I would say it's it's important but it's not I would say there's more important things to to launching okay. as opposed to building up. Okay. And also that's just my that there's there'd be a lot of people who listen to this and they'll disagree with sure, that. Sure,
0: sure. That's just But for you that uh, that just seemed much. to be a barrier of entry and you didn't want to hold on to that you just wanted to go ahead. It makes perfect sense, but yeah, sure. Obviously everyone yeah. has a you know a different plan on how to approach it. Wonderful. Okay, so right. so yeah. another question was, you know, you've had a varied career of sorts. So was there a time, you know, when when you were hit hard, or was there a low that you felt, and you know, what sort of prompted you to keep going?
1: Yeah, for sure. I would say, um, yeah, there's one real big one. There, I went through a pretty difficult relationship oh, okay. in uh, when I was in Victoria, and uh, I was having, I was always having problems with my family. Oh. Um, at the time so So it was kind of like it was kind of like my rock bottom I would say but it actually like in it it was like the worst thing it was the most painful thing but looking back on it it was the best thing that could happen because uh, it it was interesting like after it after I went through everything and I got I got some help from my family and um, so some people some people got back in my corner and kind of just guided me into what I needed to focus on and how I what I needed to do to bounce back. Um, So I got into like meditation and I got into, um, I actually got into boxing, like uh, boxing and then Muay Thai. And that's actually when I started to learn about trading as well. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like I felt like looking back on it, this is what it was. But when I was in it, I didn't, I like, I didn't realize it. It was like, it was kind of like the spiritual, the, the, the physical and then like the mind, but looking back on it i i can see that now but when i was in it i didn't think of it like that right it was just like it was like i need to i need to focus on meditation because i think it will help me i've heard a lot of good things about it let me just try it right it's like i need to i need to go out and box because it's something i've always been interested in and it's a good way to take my mind off everything and it's it it turned out to be a lot of fun too right so and then like the trading thing just consumed me it just like as soon as I started getting into it, its just there's like it's a rabbit hole right uh, there's uh, there's an endless amount, endless kind of things to learn about so um it all kind of just joined into this really good thing and really positive uh pivot for me um from that uh that point in my life and yeah, like I said, like looking back on it it was it was the worst and best thing that could ever happen. Uh-huh. So, so I
0: don't need to ask you the best thing then, because clearly you described that. I'm, I'm glad you know you're looking at it, you know, now in positive light, because obviously that spurred you on to different things. So, so that was my question. You said that uh, meditation was sort of planned that you were like, okay, you know, this is something that'll help. Boxing was the same. How did, how did trading come about? Did you know of traders, or was that also something that you were like, I should probably do this?
1: Yeah, no, it didn't come out that way. It was actually funny enough. It was actually an advertisement. Oh, really? Uh, on 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 a on a website. I was on this blog. I was reading. Okay. It was it was funny. It was I remember it? Uh, I remember it perfectly. It was OTC Rockstar and OTC Rockstar advertisement. Okay. So um, when I saw it, I was like, it just piqued my piqued my curiosity. I was like, okay, hey, what is this mm-hmm. about? And I look. I signed up for their their newsletter, and I I started looking at some of the some of some of the the over-the-counter stocks that they were talking about and obviously i don't i don't drink any stocks or OTCs anymore right. that's kind right. of there's a lot of, there's a lot of scams in there obviously you've probably seen the movie the wolf of Wall Street, yeah all those other things right? <clears throat> but uh it piqued my interest to to make me want to read more and learn about it more okay. um so yeah that was kind of the the start of that and then from there like i mentioned to you i took a bunch of courses uh and then I just I started trading on a, like a virtual trading platform through uh, through TD Ameritrade, the thinkorswim. Swim. Mm-hmm. So I traded on there for about three months just with like fake money,
0: virtual money, okay. a paper trading and account. Just kind of,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just to kind of learn about just uh, just the execution of the trades and um, just to kind of avoid the mis avoid like the fat finger mistakes of. Typing in, in 10,000 shares instead of 100,
0: you know, like those, those types of things, uh-huh. right? Okay, wonderful. So you also think of Swimia is a great platform for analytics. I think it just lets me test out so many studies. So I clearly love that. And in regarding penny stocks, as you mentioned, I think the the main problem I've noticed is there's a lot of pump and dump that happens. There are good companies that have just started trading, but yeah, they get all um, sort of, you know, washed away in this whole, you know, swarm of, Pump and dump companies that keep popping up. Yeah, I understand, but I'm glad. So that you know how an advertisement over there led you to trading. That's that's something else. Okay, but that that began the yeah. journey. So you mentioned you trade in uh, stocks and ETFs. Do you also trade in options, or is it primarily these two? Uh, options yeah, so and dividends. Stocks.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So stocks. Uh, yeah, stocks, ETFs. Uh, I trade a lot of cryptocurrency. Like crypto. um, but yeah, I started out in just U.S. equities. That's where I started okay. out. Uh, options, uh, I'm I'm learning about. I'm not. Uh, I haven't done any options trading, but it's something I want to learn about. Okay. Um, futures, futures as well. It's something I I need to learn more about. Um, but yeah, primarily I would say U.S. equities and crypto is my is my background. Okay.
0: Wonderful. And you still do this now with the business. You still, you know, still wake up Eastern time get into the market do your bit and then start with the business is that your approach
1: so actually right now i'm just primarily focused on crypto okay just because it's it's 24 hours there's no market closed so yeah. it just it works a lot better with running a business um but in the future i want to i really want to get back into trading US equity okay. in the morning right
0: so i just don't really have the time for it right now okay no, I think I think that's the the, the flexibility with crypto and for forex. I think they they both let you, you know, trade at different times. Say you have an hour, you want to observe the market. I know it just it gets a lot to monitor at this point. Like even for me, I need to wake up at five to analyze the market. Uh, started you know at six thirty and then get a little bit done before I start my work. So yeah, it gets it gets tricky, but it's always fun to learn. I think yeah sweet thank you thank you for saying that yeah. okay so coming back to the business uh was there uh usually when you you know you dive into a business um, you usually come up with a plan that you probably have to be without uh without sales without income coming from the business i'm sure you have you know your trading to back on fall back on but in terms of that did you have a, a strategy a time period that you can go say a couple of years without and come like, what was the thought process behind that?
1: Yeah, so I definitely have like a little bit of time to to to, to make it work, okay. but um, I I have sales goals that I'm that I'm trying to that I'm trying to hit every month. Okay. Um, so that's that's my focus right now. It's yeah, it's not really focused on the like. Obviously, I have uh, I have bills to pay and all these other other things to kind of think about as well. But I'm focused on. Closing, closing deals and and getting getting more clients right now and
0: hitting myself okay okay so it's, it's more of a monthly goal as compared to having a yearly plan then
1: yeah for sure it's definitely uh yeah like I got a monthly quarterly and I, I, I do have like a yearly goal as well but uh yeah I'm, I'm focused on the
0: I'm focused on the uh, monthly right the, the present rather than yeah okay it makes sense yeah so in exactly. in regards to that like when when a situation like the lockdown comes into effect how does that alter the monthly plans if you will or the targets
1: yeah so obviously when the lockdown hit and everything it uh it made it a lot more difficult to hit my sales goals right but um so sales goals were missed for sure but it's not to say that it's still not to say that it's impossible right it's obviously it makes things more difficult but um yeah, you just gotta work through it, right? You just gotta.
0: And and also, I think what I've also realized is, in a climate like this, as you mentioned, trading groups, everyone's looking at those alternatives. Eli, right. just uh, just to learn a little bit about you know general stuff about you. Is there a favorite quote or something you know you say to yourself every day or every week? Favorite quote?
1: Um, I don't really have one, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah. There's a lot of quotes that I've that I've that I've read, and off the
0: top of my head, though, I don't, I can't really say. Okay, I can't really say that I have one. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Just you know, you you do like whenever you're sort of feeling down, you probably look at inspiration quotes or something. So just like, I like to you know rattle that off. But okay, sweet. You've lived in a couple of places. Have you lived outside of uh, Canada, or has it primarily been here?
1: Primarily in Canada. Yeah, I've lived in Saskatchewan and I've lived in uh, BC. All right. And the favorite place out of the two? Um, <laughs> tough call. It's it's weird, right? Like when when I was in Saskatchewan, I wanted to live out here. When I'm when I'm here, I wanted to I want to kind of go back there, right? But uh, I would say Vancouver. Vancouver is definitely my favorite so far.
0: All right.
1: Um, all right. You got yeah. everything out here, right? You got the ocean, you got the mountains, you got the, the big city. So
0: yeah. Oh. Now I'm on the same lines. Uh, I lived in the US before this and out of all places, I liked San Diego because it was like 20 minutes to the beach, 20 minutes to the mountains. Vancouver sort of on the same lines. Uh, it just rains a little bit here and, you know, there's climate changes. So I like that part. So sweet. Yeah. All right. What's, what's a favorite hobby and how often do you get to do it? Um. Yeah, I would
1: say uh, boxing, boxing and uh, Muay Thai. Yeah nice okay yeah, like uh, it's it's tough right now with the lockdown right because none of the gyms are open but okay. um yeah and i don't really have a home gym here either uh wow. so i haven't been able to do it but yeah definitely boxing and, and muay thai it's kind of a weird hobby i guess like you're kind of you're getting hit in the head but it's uh it's a lot of, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a lot of fun right it's uh it's a great way to relieve stress you know it's a great way to, to kind of focus on something else and
0: like when you're when you're sparring with guys, you can't really be thinking about anything else. So, that's uh, great for that. We we had another guest just mentioned that how much he loves boxing, and it was it was on the same lines. Just you know about uh, it's a stress relief. You get your workout done. It checks so many boxes. So. And yeah. you mentioned sparring partners. Do you use a punching bag, or is it usually with uh, with someone else? Sparring. Uh, partners. So-
1: yeah, like when I've been in Vancouver here, I've uh, I've gone to the gym and just hit the bag a lot. Um there's been a few gyms that I have went to and sparred with guys, but I like I originally lived in Richmond and then I moved to Burnaby uh last okay. year. So in Richmond when I was over there, there was a gym that I was going to, but yeah, I, like I I once everything opens back up. That's that was kind of my plan this year to to get back sparring a little bit more, but then obviously everything happened. So, okay. yeah, that's that's my plan going forward to get, right. get back sparring with, with
0: some but, Yeah, I think I get, it gets difficult to do that at home, I'm assuming, you know, with just your girlfriend over there and you don't, don't really <laughs> want to box her. So it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Uh, a favorite uh, movie or a song that you sort of listen to on repeat? Or favorite you could movie? say a podcast. That could be us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Well,
1: maybe, yeah, this one might be, might be up there for sure. I'll have, to, I'll have to start listening once it comes out. But uh, I'd say... The podcast I listen to a lot. I listen to Joe Rogan a lot. Oh so, yeah. yeah, guy's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I I like I've been listening to him since probably when I was like fourteen,
0: like when he when he first started coming out. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so I've been listening yeah. to him for a long time. Um, oh, I'm I'm more of a new listener then. It's just been in the last year I think that I started. But yeah, go on. Sorry, you were yeah. saying.
1: Yeah, and then um favorite movie, I would say there's a couple. Fight Club. That's a great movie. Um. Also, The Wolf of Wall Street. I love that movie. <laughs> that's oh, a great movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, uh, I like and,
1: that.
0: Yeah. And the, the the Big Short. That's a really good movie, too. Just, uh, I, I like the trading movies. The... <laughs> yeah, no, I was just thinking of that. I was like, I just uh, recently watched The Wall Street, you uh, know, the Michael Douglas one. And Positive oh, yeah. sort of Happiness before that, just because I wanted to see, okay, this was his mindset. You know, how did he get through the hard times and everything? So, yeah, definitely. That's those, those movies definitely help. Okay, sweet. And since you are from BC, do you buy coffee from the outside? Not now, obviously, but do you buy coffee from the outside? And is there a preferred coffee shop?
1: Um, no, like I, I used to, but I actually got, we, we, we bought like this uh, DeLonghi uh, espresso maker and it's phenomenal. Like it's, it's the oh. best thing in the world. Yeah. So you can make it, you can make every anything with it. And honestly, in my opinion, it's it's better than most coffee shops right and it's free sure, right sure. well so you just got to you just got to pay for the coffee beans but uh sure, yeah. when i when i do go out um a really good coffee shop i would say uh i like uh there's this one on main street parallel 49 i think that's what it's called Oh, hey yeah, yeah. i've been there i like
0: that place yeah yeah that, that, that's a good spot they got great donuts too yeah okay Wonderful, sweet. Uh, and you mentioned the the coffee beans. Is there a preferred type, or you're just okay with anything?
1: Yeah, I don't really have a preferred type, to be honest. Um, okay. No, it's whatever I kind of feel like, I guess that that
0: day. But no, I don't really have a preferred type. Okay, sweet. One new skill that you must have learned in this uh, uh, in this lockdown. One new skill. Um, yeah.
1: Client acquisition, th- th- like different, <laughs> strategy- <laughs> different strategies around that. I've been reading a lot about sales and sales closing and watching a lot of videos. So I've right. been, I've been, uh, I've been talking to a lot of a lot of different guys on LinkedIn as well. Um just in regards to helping me and like what, like what they did to get clients like agency owners and stuff. I've I met with a few of those guys. So yeah, I've uh, been really trying to work on that and- figure out better, figure out different strategies that I'm that I'm not aware of and imp- implement those effectively.
0: Okay. And I've seen this with, uh, as you mentioned, reaching out to sort of payers in the uh, same sphere. Uh, I've seen this with, with different um, groups, like with, with coaching and digital marketing too, for, uh, you know, in some scenarios, do you, uh, you know, potentially have a group or, you know, of, of different digital marketing uh, people that you maybe reach out to bounce ideas off of?
1: Yeah, so I actually just started one like oh. last week um, mm-hmm. by like a Telegram group. So it's called Digital Marketing Strategies. So it's specifically like about talking about different strategies and tactics and processes that are effective in in today's environment. Um so yeah, we got that group there. Okay. And then um yeah, I would say bouncing ideas off uh like the like the people I work with. Um we we obviously a lot of businesses a- agencies already do that, right? They they talk, they have meetings with their employees and stuff. But cool. yeah, I would say the, the, those two groups right okay. now. Um, there's also a lot of. I guess I'm I'm part of a lot of LinkedIn and Facebook groups as well. Okay. Um. So it's always like I, I skim through those groups and see if I can
0: learn anything there for sure. So. Yeah. Okay. So different sources to get your ideas and maybe bounce them. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is there a, a favorite drink of yours, or do you not drink? Um, I do drink, but
1: okay. I, uh, not, not very often. Um, yeah. let's, let's say, uh, margaritas. I, I love tequila. Mm, nice. I'm very uh, my, 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 my girlfriend's from, from Mexico. So she, okay. uh, <laughs> she she's turned me on. She, she, when I first met her, she bought like this, this huge margarita machine.
0: So uh-huh. we, okay. we sometimes, uh, i have those for sure in okay. there. You know, I know the the rock started his uh, Tequila, I think, uh, and they have a plant in Mexico, if I'm not wrong, that has the agave and everything. So they make it out of that. So that definitely could be something you guys could try. Uh, so you know, that's yeah. that's wonderful. Okay, sweet. Now coming back to the uh, you know a little bit a serious topic, where it's diversifying your wealth. You know, you clearly you know understand that and source a different you know have a different source of income coming in from trading, but to a budding entrepreneur or an immigrant coming into this country, uh, for example, the approach is usually to just get one thing and sort of stick with it. So how important do you think diversifying your wealth is and what are the different ways you go about it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, it's, it's extremely important. Like, think about all the people who got laid off from their jobs, right? Given exactly. What happened, yeah. well. So if they just had that one income, like, they're kind of they're kind of out of luck right now. Like it's, it's really sad. Right. But uh, obviously the governments, there's a lot of great programs there. They've offered to help those types of people, but it's never good to have all your eggs in one basket. Right.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, so as f- just from my experience, I can just speak, speak for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like open up like a TFSA and you can start trading through that. Right. If you, if you invest, if you set up a, um, like a TFSA through your bank account, you can get a self-directed TFSA where you can make investments directly through that. And then they're all, all the capital gains you get are, are tax free. Right. So that's a, that's a great option as well. And like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like day trades or swing trades, like kind of what I do. It could be more um, dividends or uh, more and more investment style of, uh, of uh, um, trading. Right. Um, but uh, there's, like for what we've kind of talked about a little bit already, but um, there's different types of trading, right? There's uh, there's different markets and there's different, uh, there's different strategies and systems you can implement, right? Mm-hmm. So there's different, if you can learn about like a, a few of them that work for you, um, you can implement a strategy for stocks. You can implement a strategy and system for uh, crypto, one that works for options and futures, right? Mm-hmm. And each one of those strategies can focus on different asset classes. So you're diversified. Right. Um, so when like something like this hits, maybe you have a strategy that's, uh, mostly short selling. So you could, you capitalize off of the, off of the downturn in the economy. Right. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who, who who I know who, who trade and that's, that's what they do actually. They, they just short like 80% of what they do is short selling. Hmm. Um, um, probably I probably feel like maybe some people who are listening wouldn't wouldn't know what that means. It's basically, it's basically you're borrowing shares from your broker, you're selling them at a higher price and then you're buying them back at a lower price, returning the shares to your broker and you're, you're keeping the profit mm-hmm. granted that the, granted that the, the stock or asset class you short goes down from the price that you shorted it at, Right. No. Wonderful. Um, in regards to like some other options, I would say like, you, you start you can like if you start a business you you don't have to focus on that one revenue stream of your service right there's so many different things you can do once you have a business for example like an agency owner um you have your core services that you offer but maybe you have an education side maybe you have like a consulting side where you uh, uh maybe you develop a course maybe you develop like a monthly membership community that you charge uh, charge people whatever $99 a month to be a part of and they, they get free access to all these different documents they get uh, uh, two consulting hour and a half consulting sessions with yourself every month, right. So you can you can diversify your business as well right doesn't just have to be on your core services that you you start out in so
0: yeah. Thank you, thank you for you know elaborating that. Definitely, you know, despite being in your niche, there is multiple things that you could do with your business. So thank you for highlighting that. And in regards to TFSA, I know I had discussed this with a couple of uh, you know other people newer to Canada. Their whole thing was they thought they couldn't day trade or swing trade on that. They thought this was just for long term investments. Like you, you know, in regards to TFSA and RRSP, if you wanna maybe highlight those two. Like, the things you could do in those two uh, account types, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, like, you could set up a TFSA through your bank, but you can also set up a TFSA through a brokerage account, right? Exactly, so, yeah, of course. Yeah. For example, if you were if you're to do one through interactive brokers, um, like, that's, that's one of the, the places I trade through for U.S. equities. Nice. Um, I'm pretty sure you can do day trades through it. I, yeah, yeah, uh, you can. There's... I know,
0: I know. I just meant like, since you probably have a better idea than me, you've been doing this for a while, you might be able to better address right. that.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, no, no, you absolutely can. Like the only thing is uh, when you pull out money, I got maybe, maybe some people already know this, but uh, right. um, for those who don't, like when you pull out money out of your TFSA, it reduces the amount you can actually put in, right? You're only allowed a certain amount every single year. But I think it's from when you're 18, on um, right. that, that amount begins. So, so if you've never 5, invested
0: yeah, since you're 18. Yeah.
1: Boy. Yeah, well it, it also depends on who was in who was the prime minister during those years too. Because I think the the amounts were larger. I think the amounts were larger for, for me, for example, when I was 18 to whatever, 21. And then um from twenty two to twenty-five it's been reduced, right? Because the, the the different the different people who've been in power. So you you add up those totals and it tells you how much you're allowed to invest in your TFSA. And then, like I said, every time you pull it out, you're not allowed to put that amount back in Well, it like you are, but it just subtracts from your total.
0: From your it total. All, yeah. Right? So, so that's, yeah. that's the one thing I've seen people make the mistake of they take out the capital gains and then don't realize that that amount is subtract, you know, subtracted from the total. So it doesn't reset to, you know, the amount that it was before. It's also subtracting that thousand. So, yeah. Thank you for elaborating that. Yeah. In, in yeah, terms exactly. of different brokerages you use, uh, I use Questrade myself, and it's okay, not the most cost-effective, because I used to use Robinhood back in the US, and you know that was free, and then I started using Thinkorswim, that I think per option is $0.65. Cents. So, and in terms of that, for Canadians, either trading uh, Canadian stocks and equities or US stocks and equities, any recommendations on the different brokers they could use?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say... Interactive brokers, like that's where I would probably start. It's got really, it's good. They have really uh, cheap fees, um, and also the uh, the uh, minimum capital requirements are fairly low,
0: um,
1: mm-hmm. as as opposed to some other brokerage firms. Um, there's this other one. Maybe do you have like show notes I can maybe send you, and you could put it in your show notes or something. Sure, sure, yeah, I, I'll I do that. I can't actually remember the name of it, but it's a it's a common one that a lot of a lot of A lot of, I go, it's, it's more for, I would say people who have established, uh, a trading profitability and systems. Um, it's, uh, but the, the reason I'm mentioning them is they, um, their, their borrows are really good. If you're, if you're a short seller, you can almost get a borrow on anything, on any stock. Like you mentioned earlier that there's a lot of, there's a lot of pump and dumps, which there are, but you can, you can short those and you can make a lot of money from shorting those.
0: Oh, really? Um, Okay.
1: Um, that, that's actually a lot of what I used to do when I was trading U.S. equities. I, I would, uh, like I mentioned, I don't trade the o- over-the-counter stocks, the OTCs. a lot of those. A lot of those are, of those are scams. But some, some of the, so yeah. some of the small caps and and the penny stocks, they'll they'll just start, uh, they'll just start like skyrocketing. They'll go parabolic on just fluff news, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this huge opportunity to to short those um, mm-hmm. if you can kind of read through the news but yeah kind of getting back to your question um i think it's called uh
0: light i remember i'll i'll send it to you and you can put it in the sure. show notes sure, sure. definitely definitely but, we'll yeah. put that up you know again thank you for sharing uh and uh especially you know trading in this market i think as you mentioned first paper trading first studying that really helps because I've seen a lot of people jump into a market like this, a volatile market that doesn't really help with their expectations. So definitely uh, paper trading, you know, would be a step. And whenever you send the link, I'll definitely go ahead and put that. Other than that, uh, other than what we discussed in the interview, is there anything, any, any tips that you would want to give to a listener? Uh, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll, I'll touch on, uh, I'll touch on two, just I'll touch on trading. And I'll, I'll talk about business a little bit um, sure. Like in, in regards to trading. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of people get into it thinking they can make a lot of quick money. Right. And like the turnover rate is like extremely high I, after mm-hmm. the first year. It's like, I think, I don't know how, I'm not sure the exact stats on it right now, but I remember reading about it when I first started and it was like 90% of traders will either blow up their account or they'll quit after the first year.
0: Yeah, again, Um, that ties into risk management. A lot of people don't account for that because they just go forward with, okay, I have this much money, let me put it. So, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's
1: not like people see a lot of guys, they they post their $10,000 wins, their $20,000 wins, but that's actually not the hard part about trading. The hard part is uh, consistency Mm -hmm. and uh, doing it every single day. It's, it's doing it bad every single day and not losing your money. Right. I've seen so many times where like a trader will come in and you'll make a hundred thousand dollars his first week. And he thinks he's got to figure it out, which is the worst possible thing that can happen. Right. Cause at that point you are, you actually believe that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's super bad. Like most of the time when guys do that, they, they usually blow up their account within the next few weeks cause they, they actually believe that what they've done previously has, is is what they need to do, and they've developed these uh these bad habits right mm-hmm. so as a trading, it's super important like to to get a to find a strategy and and a system that that works for your personality um mm-hmm. you can take a course on it and you could learn about what another person does and it's important to i would say to take a several courses because take pieces of what resonates with you and your personality and uh, go back to the markets and test it and see if you and see if you can understand it and uh, spend spend the time in the markets and and just uh, getting a feel for it getting a feel for what kind of what kind of asset classes you like trading what kind of what kind of stocks you like to trade the the speed at which you like to watch the map so like for example the, the like the different time frames for me myself I like focus on the one minute and the five minute just because that's what I can in regards to patterns and tape reading that's what kind of resonates with me and um uh, that has uh that has morphed a lot over my over my trading experience right it it didn't start out like that um so that that's huge and I would say like you mentioned the risk management that's extremely important like You got to know where you're getting out before you get in, right? You have to have an exit strategy. You can't just be thinking about the gains. You can't just Mm -hmm. be thinking about how much you make on this trade. As soon as you start thinking like that, you've already, you've kind of already lost, right? And you're developing a bad habit. So you really need to focus on your stop loss and your position sizing. Your position sizing is huge as well. So yeah, start out with paper trading. But another thing I'd mention is don't get too don't do it for too long because paper trading removes the, the emotional aspect, which is, which is the biggest part. Right. Trading is like a thing where you're like, you're in constant competition with yourself. Mm -hmm. You're basically, when you've reached like this level of profitability, it's like mastery over self. Like you, you understand yourself, you know what rules you need to follow. So you don't uh, hurt yourself or hurt your, hurt your trading account. In other words, Um, and then you, you kind of know you, you've learned about yourself and you know, your tendencies, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going to make you go on pilt, uh, like you, you, know, some of your bad habits. Um, so you set up rules and you've made, you've built rules to kind of avoid those bad habits. Um, so I said, I would say all those things are super important. Um, yeah. So in regards to business, um, like I mentioned, a business plan is important, but, It's not for everybody. (laughs) It's really important, but don't get, don't get hung up on it. Mm -hmm. Don't just, uh, don't just build out a business plan and think like uh, that's, what's the most important aspect. Cause it it's important if you want to get investors and you don't have the capital to get started, that's probably one of the most important things. But if you're in a place where um, the barrier to entry isn't huge in regards to capital requirements, then focus on sales. That's going to be the most important thing. Right. It doesn't matter, like you may have the best strategy, you may have the best team in place, but it doesn't matter if you can't bring in any clients, right? So I would say focus on sales and focus in on client acquisition and your strategies around that.
0: Wonderful. That was just great, great information. So again, great nuggets of information. Thank you so much for your time, Eli. I hope you had as good, uh, you know, a time as I did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot for having me.